Hi, I'm Elise Kennedy. Um, welcome to Jardin's Startup Tech Series, where we host uh, entrepreneurs, venture funds, and tech companies on trends across the industry. Today, I've got the pleasure of being joined by Jacqueline Purcell, the CFO of HR software company Deputy. So Jackie, for those not familiar with the organization, perhaps you can explain a bit about the company. Sure. So Deputy is a workforce management company and specifically we build software to help businesses that have shift workers uh, in their employee base um, schedule, um, manage and communicate with them more simply. So our, our mission is to simplify shift work and we hope that by doing that we can help create more thriving businesses around the world. Yeah. And when, and when did the business start? So the business was founded in uh, 2008. So um, we aren't that young by years, but uh, the, the business was actually, or the deputy itself was spun out from another business. So uh, we have two founders, um, Ashik Ahmed and Steve Shelley. Uh, Ashik was working for Steve um, in a labor hire company and wrote this software to help Steve run his business. Uh -huh. um, and it was so impactful uh, that they decided to set Deputy up as its own company. Uh, and it grew fairly organically for quite a few years until taking venture capital money. And I think the first, first round was in 2015. Mm -hmm. um, and so since that point, it's been on a uh, really high growth global journey. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's interesting. Dero started a similar way in that he wanted um, some software for the business that he was utilising. Yeah. Um, and so maybe can you tell us? Yeah. <laughs> that's where the name Deputy came from is this notion of this software can be like the the 2IC or the second in charge for a business owner yeah. in yeah. taking away some of those tasks that are really critical to running an effective business, um, but also time intensive and and not not value add in the sense of helping, helping you know, businesses grow. Yeah. And if we think about who are your customers, um, what type of customers are they? What are the size? Any details around that? Yes, yeah, so we have a really uh, broad customer base. I think deputy software is used at over a quarter of a million workplaces worldwide. Uh, we have really large customers that are, are brand names, um, Qantas, Bunnings, um, Compass Group, Ace Hardware in the US, Peloton. Uh, so some, some really big names, but the bulk of our customer base is actually in the SMB space. So um, we, there's a, if you go onto the Debbie app, you can actually get a map. Um, so as you walk around Sydney, many of the businesses that you'll go into to get your coffee or restaurants or retail stores um, are businesses that are using deputy. So we have companies um, with anything from a handful of employees up to the hundreds of thousands of, of employees, but, but still really the heart of the companies in that, that SMB space. And um, while we have some really big enterprise customers, I think over time we'll, we'll continue to, to, bring on more of those businesses as as we grow and scale as a company as well yeah um and so i'm thinking about i'm a small business i'm i, or I could even use our example of jardin here and we want to use deputy software how um do we want to find out about it so you go to market strategy and then can you talk through the pricing model as well 
Sure. So at the moment, most, the vast majority of our leads, well, are inbound. Um, a lot of them come through referrals. Um, one of the great things about um, that shift workers is they're quite a mobile um, group of, of people. They may actually be, they may have a couple of jobs themselves. So working, working in a few different businesses. Um, so we get, we get a lot of um, a lot of the employees that that use the software to to manage their shifts will take us into businesses, or likewise business owners that have used Jackity will refer us. So that that network's really powerful. Mm -hmm. um, we also have really strong partnership relationships uh, with businesses like Zero um, or ADP Software, um, both here and in the US. So uh, people will discover Jackity through partners. Um, or they will identify that they've they've got a they've got a problem, or they're doing something in a really inefficient way, and they'll go look for a solution and discover deputy. So we've we've very much grown um, to date in that that inbound model. Um, yeah. We've been a, a product led uh, growth business, so uh, people will come in and they're able to trial the product. Uh, so most of our customers will will start by by doing a trial and then convert to becoming a paid customer. I think a huge opportunity for us is really building out more of those outbound motions and helping people who haven't actually realized that using pen and paper to manage uh, the scheduling of their staff isn't the best way. Um, and really providing that education about how you can run your business most effectively um, and helping people discover that there are digital solutions that not only help them run their business, but also help uh, retain and um, attract great people um, who, who by providing a better experience for, for the workers. Yeah. And so is it charged per employees it charged per business is it a monthly fee is it an annual fee yeah um so most of our customers um are on monthly plans and it's a usage-based model i think philosophically that was really important to our founders um again given the heritage and, and still that most of our customer base are small and medium-sized businesses they it was important that we charge customers only for what they use um, so in general, customers are, are charged based on the number of employees they have using the Deputy platform on, on a monthly basis. Uh, we do have some bigger customers that are on, on annual plans. Um, but yeah, the, by and large, um, we're a usage-based model. Uh, we also have a flexi plan for businesses that have more variable labor needs. Um, so you know, a catering or an events business is one of those or examples of those type of companies where that that plan is really attractive. Um, there's, you know, they're spinning up big teams for specific events and then um, and then they'll have a quiet period. And so there's different, we've got different plans to suit the, the nature of the business requirements. And is it mostly contract based work when we think about the market? Um, and, 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 you know, what is the target market? What's its, what's its size? And is it, yeah, the contract labour or is it also all employees? So it's, it is people who, are, who tend to be working, people who work in shifts, which, as you've noted, can be, can be contract labour, but can be, um, can be casual, can be part-time or can be full-time employees. And 
think what um, I found really interesting in joining business, uh, in joining Deputy, which I did 12 months ago, is actually how different the business requirements are um, in terms of managing your shift workers across industry spectrums. So the needs of a cafe are very different to the needs of a hospital or a cleaning business or um, a, a, a care providing business. Um, and so um, the, and it's one of the, I think the, the great things about Deputy's platform is that it's, um, it's been designed to be used in, in different contexts. So we have a really broad spectrum of businesses that use Deputy. Um, but our, our software is specifically for those people who are in shift-based roles. Yeah. And is there a, a, a size, do you kind of say, hey, my market opportunity is X number of employees or globally? Can you talk us through any of that type of number? Yeah. So we are really fortunate that we are in a... Um, we have a huge market opportunity. I think there are 2.7 billion shift workers globally. Wow. Um, and I was actually speaking with um, a, a senior candidate that we're looking to bring into the business. And she was talking about the fact that in most of her prior companies and roles, part of her mandate has been to grow the addressable market. Um, for deputy, the size of the addressable market really isn't our constraint. It's, it's how do we educate um, those businesses that there are software like like ours to help manage their workforce. Um, so, you know, our focus on the moment is really about building out our brand, making people um, aware of the solution and the value that it can and that it can deliver. Yeah, and and what is so the the driver of the growth seems to be really about the adoption. Um, is there a number of estimated? number that are using that type of software and finding those solutions today or are they using excel is that what they're transferring from yeah i think you know it's interesting when you think about like the competitive landscape and there are there's one you know chronos is probably the really big incumbent player uh in the in this space um but you know very much um focused on kind of bigger enterprises and um, but but out, and outside of that, there's a there's a number of, of smaller players, but really, there's a there's a big opportunity to I think build build um, a, a market leader here, and that's what we're focused on. Um, so in addition to those other software providers, actually, you know, our comp our competitors are pen and paper and Excel, and oftentimes we're we're winning um, business and, and bringing on customers who have been using using those offline tools to manage their workforce. And you think about things like um, for a business that is using Excel or pen and paper, you know, if someone's sick, um, and we, we saw that in the last the last year, of course, that the tolerance for coming to work with a, a runny nose has gone right down. Um, if you don't have a platform like Deputy, it means that you're picking up the phone and spending time calling people to see who's available. It's you know that last that that stress of finding someone to to cover a shift becomes really simple with Deputy. You can send out a message um, to your team, um, see who's available. You can kind of set rules for how to manage that type of thing, and just it's it's taking those instances of real pain for 
for business operators and and really simplifying them. Yeah, and and when we think about that competitive landscape, you mentioned uh, um, Kronos was one of the bigger, more enterprise orientated. Um, were there any other key competitors that you know play in that space that we should think about? So there's a there's a few people that are um, there's a few more vertically focused players. Um, that are focused on specific industry verticals. Um, you know, Toasters is, is one in the US, uh, but there's there's not, um, you know, the, again, I think given the size of our TAM, the, it's not a space where there's instances where, you know, many deals are kind of head to head. So there's a number of small players, but, but none that, that we really see all the time or we're, we're running into, into everywhere. Yeah, it sounds like there's enough white space to take up just the pen and paper uh, competition versus um, eating each other's lunch. <laughs> um, and maybe we can talk to a bit about um, the geographic split of, of your business. Sure. So we are a global business. We have uh, team members obviously here in Australia as well as in the US and, and Europe. Uh, quite proudly, the vast majority of our product and engineering team sits in Australia. So we, we build, um, build the product that's used, used globally here and are really proud of that. Um, we've got, and then we've got uh, go-to-market teams um, both on the east and west coast of the US as well as uh, in London. Um, and then we also have our tier one support team sitting in the Philippines. Uh, Currently, the you know APAC is still our biggest region, um, but I think from a market opportunity standpoint, you know the US is is multiple um, times bigger than than the market here, and we so we think we're really excited about uh, about the opportunity to grow there, and and likewise, um, you know, seeing really good opportunities in in the UK. Do you think the go-to-market strategy, because a lot of the referral channels and partnerships that you mentioned as the way of your growth today, does that work the same in markets, new markets that you're entering? There are definitely local factors that impact the go-to-market strategy. Obviously, in Australia, we have a pretty complicated um, you know, work, workplace relations environment in terms of the awards, yeah. Um, that businesses need to to comply with. Uh, we're seeing parts of the US move in a similar direction, specifically on on both of the coasts. Uh, you know, there's Fair Work Week in New York. Uh, California has quite specific rules around meal and rest rest breaks. So, where there is that um, that kind of uh, where there's that regulatory environment that. Um, businesses need to comply with that's a real catalyst for for customers seeking out solutions like ours mm. um, that's less less of a factor in the UK for example and so mm -hmm. um, yeah there's there's definitely aspects of the go-to-market um, motion of the messaging that that works globally but there's also quite specific geographic um, factors and also industry factors that that come into it as well yeah and then we'll move on to some of the economics around the business because we always hear this massive term, but can you make money <laughs> at the end of the day? Um, can, you, can you talk about some of the biggest costs that go into the business? 
Yeah, look, the, the biggest cost for us is our people. And as CFO, um, because of that, I'm just really conscious of ensuring that we're building and running an organisation where we can attract great people and they can do great work and have, have a lot of impact. So, um, you know, we're a typical SaaS business with that, that SaaS J-curve. Um, but yeah, it's, people is people is the 60 to 70% of our costs. Yeah. Outside of that, it's, it's the, the usual things, our own um, uh, external software vendor costs, our, our cloud hosting costs um you know rent and facilities yeah. so there's the usual yeah. the usual um tale mm-hmm. but the people is the and with that people is the bulk of that split towards sales and marketing or more the r&d side uh we have a relatively even balance at the moment in terms of our investment both in the the r&d side and the go-to-market side mm-hmm. um and it's it's interesting if you you know if you look across different software companies, there are ones that will that can be quite skewed in in either direction. Mm. Um, you know, given our focus on on product leg growth, um, you know, we really do see that investing in our product is a really efficient way to um, continue to attract and um, and grow our customer base, um, but you know, there's definitely as 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 you get into bigger businesses, you know, having that um, touch point with with sales is important. So for us, you know, we need to be investing in in both sides of that equation. So there, so there is an element as well of that maintenance um, service relationship that exists as well as the the capturing the client. Yeah, we're you know we've we've invested a lot in the last twelve months around our customer education and and learning and development to make it easier for customers to get access to resources about how to use the product more effectively. Um, and you know, the, the, we're always releasing new features and solutions. And so ensuring that existing customer base are learning about those and adopting them is a big piece of it as well. Yeah. And do you have any measures that you talk about and are willing to share around what's the cost of acquisition or, or what your payback period might be? Yeah. So, the, um, you know, we are a high growth business and uh, really focused on ensuring that we're growing as quickly as possible within certain efficiency constraints. So we spend a lot of time looking at our, our CAC and, and payback, um, you know, the, our payback period, varies across markets, but certainly keeping that, um, you know, as close to, as close to 12 months is, is our goal. Um, that again, depending on how, um, if we're entering a new market, whether that's going after a specific industry or a geo, there'll be a period where we'll tolerate kind of higher payback levels, um, as you know, as we're, we're entering, but, um, you know, as you know, Keeping keeping that payback period tight is a is a big area of focus for us, and it's a one of our biggest hallmarks for the efficiency of our business. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as you say, the more mature that become used to it, and they can go look at the efficiencies, the better you end up seeing that. Um, and I'm curious, therefore, about the churn. What is the customer stickiness like once they use it? Is it 
hard for them to um, get off using it or is it pretty easy to switch? No, it, look, it is a really sticky product and I think that's one of the the great things about the, the business model is once people have adopted and started using the software in their business, it's, it becomes um, really a critical, a business critical tool. Um, I, I think about churn in terms of regrettable and non-regrettable churn and given our customer, the nature of our customer base, we're always going to have some degree of what I'd call non-regrettable churn, which is just businesses closing for whatever reason, someone's retiring or it hasn't worked out or, um, you know, so there's, there's that piece um, that, that will always e exist. Um, and then you think about the regrettable churn and, and that's where we want to focus on ensuring that customers aren't leaving because they haven't had a great experience or the products not solving their needs. Um, so we spend, you know, an we're spending an increasing amount of time thinking about the customers for which deputy really is a great fit and making sure we're targeting those. Um, and if, if we're, we're getting introduced to a business that, that needs a workforce management solution, but which we're not, um, we're not going to be optimized for helping them find somewhere else and, and, and minimizing that, that regrettable, uh, that regrettable churn. Mm. And something I should have probably asked earlier in the, in the competitive landscape, just thinking about price, how do you sit with price in the market? Yeah, that's a good question. And I actually, you know, I think probably comparable to the competitors, there's going to be ones that we're uh, more expensive than and other ones that we're, we're cheaper than. I think in terms of um, that, I'll say value for money and the, the, the depth of the capability that you get in the deputy platform for the price, um, that's I guess that's how we think about delivering value, and and I think we are placed really well from that perspective. Yeah, um, and then thinking of as well about you know the capital intensity and the R and D side, um, is it at the phase right now where it's you know quite capex intensive, or again being a software business, how can we think about those types of requirements? Yeah, so I, again, I think a lot about the trade-offs between growth and, and efficiency. So we don't have a lot of, um, beyond R&D, a lot of, um, you know, capital and, and intensive activities, um, but we really are still in, in growth mode. And so where we are investing in, in future growth, that's, that's building out both capabilities on the R&D side. So thinking about, um, what are the, the features that we need that we can deliver on our existing products um, to make it even more uh, useful and valuable to our customers, but also what other adjacencies can we think about, um, can we think about developing um, to, to, to further serve them in, in other ways? Um, and yeah, so those are things that we talk about a lot. We're also investing in building out our go-to-market team across sales, um, marketing and customer success, um, and we'll, we'll continue to to invest in those areas. And that's a good segue to ask about those strategies for growth looking forward. Where do you see the next leg of growth? Is it from global? Is it from growing out those adjacencies? What in the more near term do you think is going to be the biggest leg? Yeah, I think we're in a fortunate position uh, where we've got, there's a, I think 
that there's a few vectors that that future growth will come from. Um, our challenge is more so prioritizing those and and working out where we're really going to focus our um, our time and, and efforts. So geographic expansion for sure. I think we've you know we've still we've got the the deepest degree of penetration in APAC. Um, getting to similar levels of penetration in other markets, including the US and, and Europe is one. Uh, thinking about verticals where we we already have a great product market fit and how we can how we can speak to to those customers more directly. Um, I also think through through partnerships um, is another big one that we're we're investing in. How can we work with other organizations and connect our solutions to more completely serve customers? So it, it'll come from, I think, all three of those. Um, those, yeah, those channels. Fantastic. Lots of avenues for growth on there. <laughs> now, conscious of time, um, one just last question, and I, I ask all of our, um, you know, startup companies about M&A, um, you know, and appetite, because that's often a way that, you know, we talked about some of the growth strategies, but can be a quicker, faster way to, you know, buy rather than build. How do you think about M&A? We, it's not a lever that deputies pulled to date, but it's definitely something that I can see us doing in the future and really thinking about, um, again, if we going back to that earlier question about strategies for growth and, you know, I actually didn't touch on a big one, just building out the, the deputy platform and, and being able to solve more problems for customers. I mean, there's definitely opportunities to, um, to use M&A as a way of, of building out that platform more quickly. Uh, we, we see lots of interesting businesses and I think it's really around for us an if not when question of when we'll, we'll start to, to pull that level, lever, pull those levers, um, you know, and and it, and what we we talk about with this is 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 really going back to execution and focus with kind of the limited resources we've got in terms of you know capital, people, and time. Where's where's the most critical area for us to focus, and and how do we think about how that will will phase and evolve over time? Yeah, it is the biggest challenge I think for all the startup businesses is where do I put those dollars. Um, because right. you love to do it all, and that's a great problem <laughs> to be in. Really good problems to have, um, <laughs> but I think and really important ones um, to have good conversations with between the executive team and the board. Um, yeah, yeah, and that that is it. It comes a lot down to management when you're at um, your level. So conscious of your time, and very very grateful for having you uh, join us again today, Jackie. And thanks to all those on the line for joining. If you do have any further follow-up questions, we do welcome them. So feel free to reach out by yourself, Elise Kennedy, and we'll uh, see if Jackie will uh, the pleasure of answering <laughs> any more detail that we can get. But once again, thank you. And we'll be in touch. And thanks to all those online. Have a great Easter. Thanks, Elise.